Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I've never been a massive fan of that overly made up aesthetic. Um, really, one of the makeup tips that I kind of live and die by is that you should always keep one feature of your face free from makeup, and that way it never looks completely made up. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to Beautiful Lives. This week's guests are the siblings Sam and Nick Chapman. So Sam and Nick are trained makeup artists and about 10 years ago they started their YouTube channel Pixie Woos where they showed people how to do loads of different looks, um, drawing on their expertise and it was a runaway success. So then they started the Real Techniques Makeup Brush range which has done very well and they've continued basically to go from strength to strength. They are both very frank, very grounded, very considered and really kind. And I think all of that comes across in this interview. Uh, They talk about how being online has affected their self-esteem, their views on aging and injectables, how they deal with the hardships life has thrown at them. Sam talks about her depression and Nick about having MS. And they talk about more commonplace things like sibling rivalry and how they didn't get on and lots and lots and lots of makeup. Um, There are some things that really sparked my memories of beauty products like the body shop scents and definitely the impulse spray i think the green one was one that i used to use a lot so they've got lots of those little touch points that will take you back if you're of that era so without any further ado here is sam and nick chapman on their beautiful lives we usually start in people's childhood because that feels like where a lot of beauty things are rooted like your idea of what's beautiful and stuff like that so starting with both like your creative side and the makeup side what was the first thing that kicked in were you both drawing all the time or I don't know yes I was always drawing I was really into comics okay so I would just copy things all the time um and and I was doing that from about five five years old I remember really really young copying the Mr. Men books and then Mm -hmm. moving on to like X-Men and things like that yeah so I was super into that um and yeah, I was always interested in it. Mm-hmm. Nick, you were more sporty. Really, no, well, you? I was. I just sparked a memory that I didn't even remember that I had. But I used to always make all the stuff from Blue Peter. Okay. Always make it all. And actually was really good at it. I've always been quite good at creating stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also used to take things to pieces and put them back together. Mm-hmm. It's not really beautified yeah. or whatever, but I used to try and break things and not break them but like if something went wrong I'd be like mum I'll fix it yeah like the hoover broke oh I'll fix it mum and I'd get the screwdriver out I've always been into kind of building stuff I suppose more than colouring I, I did do a lot of colouring and I always say like oh can you send that into Heartbeat or oh, Tony Hart whatever it was mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I was like can you send that into Art Attack mum yeah. but um she never did I don't think or it never got shown. So it's both kinds of both sort of sides of beauty in a way. Like one's sort of more visual, and then there's yeah. also a really techie side to beauty yeah. too, yeah. where you're like putting things together and figuring out how things stack. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. how fascinating. Um, and so, do both of you? Do you remember a person or a makeup look where you first thought, 
oh, I'd love to be that when I grow up, or oh, that fascinates me. It, whether it's on film or in real life, was there someone who sparked that? It was a lot growing up. I don't know whether it really sparked it. I was curious by people. You know, I would look at people, like Michael Jackson was amazing to me, and um, like, what was that band that I absolutely loved? Not Eternal. Um, Rain or shine. Five star. Five oh, star. God. Anything like that, <laughs> I literally loved and I just wanted to be them. Okay. Um, Nick was much more of a dancer. She would always mm. be making up dance routines when she was a kid. You used to love making them up with me. Yeah, I know, but it was your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't it? But I think I was really interested in the creative stuff and how things were on a movement, I suppose. Mm. You know, how, how the makeup looked and how it was more of a movement but I don't think I really noticed mm-hmm. the makeup but I loved the whole so it was the whole visual. showbiz yeah the whole of visual it. yeah yeah the exciting part yeah I think so did you have anything Sam? yeah from a really young age I was very much into old Hollywood films completely obsessed I loved the hairstyles mm-hmm. you know the barrel curls and things like that I, I used to watch actually a lot of the kind of musicals so uh, the Esther Williams kind of swimming routines and things like that I loved mm-hmm. um I really liked Betty Grable. I thought she was wonderful when I, when I was a kid. Um, so I suppose that's the first time, although I didn't link it together, I was obsessed with their beauty mm-hmm. and their hair. Mm-hmm. And I so wanted to be blonde and have hair like Betty Grable. Yeah. And a lot of the... When you're a child and you watch those old films, that it's also quite nice that those people have fixed looks. Yes. Yeah. And they know who they are. And I think that it's very strong. Whereas now, I think when you watch films, it's not quite the same because they have makeup artists who do a look for yeah. a film. Totally. Yeah. I think also growing up, uh, they probably weren't films that I would have chosen to watch. But the fact that my nan and my mum were watching them mm. would make me watch them. And now I have a real love for those sorts of films. Yeah. Whereas I probably didn't when I was younger. But I would still watch them and I'd, you know, yeah, you absorb the them. musicals. Yeah. Mm. Um, talk to me about your childhood in general. I know that there were some difficulties and I just want to talk about how that shaped and affected you because I was reading, Sam, that you've said um, that you feel like part of your ambitions come from the fact that you wanted to say, you know, I've done well despite your father. Oh, yeah. Being d- I yeah. Think actually, that's been sometimes a positive and sometimes it's been to my detriment because essentially I've created, I've created this lifestyle where I don't need a man mm-hmm. and I've almost done that Mm-hmm. And this deliberately, is yeah, because and, dad was violent, and 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 it's one of those situations where you don't want to rely on someone. But mm-hmm. now, actually, it makes me quite quite intimidating and frightening to men, which is obviously what I wanted to create in the first place. Yeah, but um, so you yeah, wanted so to become stronger, I'd, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. didn't feel vulnerable. I think because I spent so much of my childhood like that. Yeah, and yeah. was it the same for you? Or? Yeah, I suppose so. I don't. I I don't really know how it affected me so much mm. I just know that I'm very similar to Sam and I know we can be quite intimidating quite powerful women often people will say I think they were a bit I think they were a bit intimidated by you and I'm like oh really because we don't mean to be that way that's just probably a characteristic that we now have um, mm. but uh, it's definitely affected us we're still finding out today the different effects it has caused for us but um, it's also made us way stronger as a, as a family. We don't know what it would have been like if we had a dad. Yeah. And to be honest, I think I would feel quite strong if I had a supportive 
father figure, mm-hmm. but I didn't have that. Yeah. So I don't think strong is the right word. I don't think it makes you stronger. I think it just it just makes us more close knit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very um, supportive of each other, and we're able to appreciate um, how important we are to each other. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because we because we didn't have that. But um, we've been all been through a lot together. Yeah. yeah. That more than most families have, and hopefully will ever have to. Mm-hmm. So I think that does. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were getting into your teenage years then, mm. um, obviously being very close working together now, were you still close? Because there's a three-year age gap, is yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah. So were you still as close or were you going sod off, I'm going out? and No, we never got on. Okay. We never, ever got on until I thought I was we got about... on, but, you, uh, <laughs> but now I know, looking back, yeah. at the time, I was like, it's my sister, she's yeah. amazing. But she hated me. I didn't hate you, I just found you very annoying. Well, I probably was, because um, I was going, it's my sister! <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, it took us a long time to get on didn't it and really we we mostly the first time we started getting on was when when the youtube channel started really yeah but even then nick was living in london at that time and i'd moved back to norwich so we weren't even in the same Mm -hmm. county she would do it from here and i would do it from from home when you were both growing up then yeah separately um how did you both independently feel about your looks were you pretty happy with the way you looked as a teenager did either of you have spots? That sort of thing. Do you want to go first, Nick? Um, yeah. I never really had spots. Um, if I did have one, it was like the end of the world for me, as, as I think it was for any teenager. But I think I was always quite confident. Um, but she soon would put me back down again, because when we were at school, she'd be like... Because my sister's three years older than me. When we were at school, she'd be like, Nick, Nick! why is your foundation so orange in front of everyone? Or, you know, little things that sisters do. And I'd be like, oh. But I I think I was always quite confident and I probably needed that little knockdown every so often because I think I thought I was like... I never thought I was the hottest or anything. I was just quite happy. Mm -hmm. I was into sport, I was doing other stuff and I was just quite happy and I didn't really care Mm -hmm. what people necessarily thought of me that much. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't say I was insecure... But I probably was, actually, now I think back on it. I, I remember maybe being in the... I never thought that I was at all pretty. And I remember uh, being in the... Uh, maybe in the second year. And, yeah, you know, I think it was the second year. And there was a boy above me who was, who was like, the, the best-looking boy in, in school. And he started kind of paying an interest in me. And I just thought it was a joke. I thought he was messing around. I thought it was a bet. So I, re- I always remember that, and I think, yeah, I must have been quite insecure. Mm-hmm. And what about product at this time? You're both wearing makeup. Are there any significant products from sort of this era or your childhood? Yeah, I, do you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't super early on the makeup front, because we are going back a long time now. I'm 40 mm-hmm. now, so we're going back, you know, 20... 80s. Tw- yeah, yeah. 20, 27 years or so. Yeah. Um, and so maybe I, I maybe was about... 14 when I first started wearing makeup okay. and I think the first, the first foundation I wore was Pale Biscuit which was a Rimmel foundation okay. and it was definitely the wrong colour for me uh, it was very very pale I just picked the lightest colour they did because Pale Biscuit sounds a weird yeah. name for I colour. know like, back was it in those days it, grey, it, it was yeah it was like a biscuit it was kind yeah. of like a greyish greyish colour so yeah. not, not very nice and um and Heather Shimmer. 
Okay. Of course. Who didn't do Heather Shimmer? Everyone had Heather Shimmer, didn't yeah. they? I mean, it was Awful. like, if you didn't have it, it was a bit like having your PE kit in a body shop bag. Yeah. If you didn't have that, yeah. you were nobody. Did you have perfume around this time? I had Jubri. What was that? That was body shop, oh, body body shop, shop spray. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah, Do- yeah. But because we're from Norfolk, everyone called it Dubri. Okay. You got some Dubri. It, the whole of the, you know, when you're getting changed for PE, that's what the room smelled of, Dubri. Yeah, white musk was the one yeah. that we yeah. all had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a year above. And, and impulse first... deodorant. Yeah. Yeah, the green one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to love that. First ever fragrance that I remember having was Tuscany. Which I think was by Aramis or something. Okay. I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. But it was lovely. And it's it sort of smells a little bit. There's one I have now, which which is so reminiscent of that, which is why I still okay. have it. And it's um, Dior Lure. So Dior, I think Lure is gold. Is it the one that comes with like a gold, like in a dew drop sort of yes. like drop shape? It looks like J'adore. <laughs> yeah. But it... But it doesn't stink like Jador. Okay, right. I'm going to have to go and smell that. No, Jador smells really nice very smell. synthetic to yeah. me, but, but this one doesn't. It's very yeah. rich, and it reminds me of my childhood. Um, at this point, were you experimental with your appearance? Hair or...? Well. Yeah. Let me think. I, did, I used to have a diffuser, so I had that, like, scrunchy, loads and loads of mousse hair. Was that inspired by anyone? Uh, or was that just the look No, then? it wasn't inspired. It was just the look back then. You know, it was the thing. Well, you had Nana Cherry. She yeah, had that. that's true. She, you had... I, I actually think that Janet Jackson had that for a she while did. as well. Yeah. And that was that era. Yeah, yeah, that, that scrunchy hair. Michael Jackson had that yeah. hair too. Um, yeah, so not really, but I do remember having someone layering my hair. And I have like naturally curly, wavy hair. Mm. And it was a very bad look. So you is know, this like, your natural frizzy. This is wave. my natural hair, but it's much less curly right. than it was when I was younger. When did it become apparent to you that maybe makeup artistry could be a profession? Because also, back then, there weren't so many famous makeup artists. So what pushed you in that direction? How did that come about? We had a famous makeup artist aunt. Oh. So that's how it came about. Because, I don't know that. Yeah, oh. our, our aunt was, um, you know, then makeup artists weren't famous. But to us, she was famous. She was one of the big makeup artists that did Lady Diana, did Bowie, did lots of celebrities... And her life looked more glamorous. It looked mm. like it was something that when you weren't the most intelligent person that didn't want that wanted to go and work in, you know, everyone was like, oh, I'm going to be this PA or whatever. I knew I couldn't do that. So this was really appealing to me. I'd studied art at school. I was really good at it. You know, it was one of the exams that I got like an A plus in. So I knew I was good at that. Mm. Um, and that was kind of the the catalyst that pushed us that way is this your mum's sister yeah. yeah so had she been coming like to christmas and stuff and giving you makeup and yeah she had been um, she'd been bags she had been that we could just yeah. have a look around because she got sent everything yeah yeah and I, I don't remember ever thinking i wanted to be a makeup artist but what happened was i went to college uh, to do um drama drama and then i realized i was terrible at drama and that i got terribly stage frightened uh, but I'd already sorted out my grant and a place to stay so my mum came up and got me off that course but I had to go on another one right and the only one that was even slightly appealing was makeup mm-hmm. so it was completely accidental that I fell into it really when you were thinking of studying drama do you think that might have been inspired by watching all those old Hollywood films completely yeah I was obsessed with fame 
yeah. and shows like that. So your own face was almost the first thing that you were making up, as it were, and then you... Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you first started, both of you, so how did you then go into being a makeup artist? Because Sam was already at college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, and she would come home and practice makeup on me. She'd be like, she basically just copied me. (laughs) We've been learning this. Let me do it on you. And I was like, you know what? I really like that. Mm. The one thing I'm good at is PE and art. And, you know, I wore a bit of makeup. I enjoyed it. And I thought that's something I would really like to do. So mm-hmm. that's the way that I went as well. So did you, at this point, so when you're both starting out in your careers, did you think, I'd like to do A-listers, I'd like to do models? Or was it just, I'd like to work? Like, did you have aspirations for yourself as a makeup artist? No, absolutely not. I don't, I don't remember that at all. I just wanted to have a really nice kit. You know, like I was obsessed with, back in those days, everyone had a box. Mm-hmm. And what I really wanted more than anything was one of these Shuamura boxes. I don't know if you remember them, but they were really light. Mm. They were made of like some kind of super strong paper. Mm. And I was obsessed with like Japanese, anything Japanese. Yeah. Just just completely obsessed. And uh, yeah, I wanted one of these boxes. It's £450, I remember. So, and that was so much money back then. Because kits are so expensive. Yeah, they are. They so are. did you both have to take other jobs or how did you... You know, in the early days, what were the big challenges and struggles? Was it getting your kit or was it getting work? Or what Well, was the first uh, work thing? takes so long to, to get. I mean, as a makeup artist, you've got so much to learn before you even get there. And the good thing to do is just work on a counter because you're going to get massive discount. Like, we mm-hmm. both worked at Mac and that's mm-hmm. 60% off anything owned or 65% off bracket. anything under Estee Lauder. So right. that's a great way to build your kit. And then yeah. by the time you've learned a lot and tested a lot, You've got your kit all sorted. Good way to build your knowledge, too. Because one of the things that always strikes me when you two make videos is that you'll say, it's a bit like Max XYZ. And I always think, ah, okay. Because you know all your Mac products. So it's like all the colours. The other thing about doing it is that you're doing real faces all the time. So you're dealing with real problems all the time. So, you know, yeah, I can make a model look beautiful. But who can't? They're already beautiful. But when you put someone in front of you that actually has real issues, that's where that's where our skills really mm-hmm. lie mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting that i've always thought that about when people do models and they you know they just slick back their hair great. and put a bit of highlight on of it. course but it's not realistic is it because yeah. no if you don't look like her in the first place yeah it's not going to look the yeah. same yeah. on you like this trend is we're just going to put a hot towel on your face and take it away no one yeah. else can wear that yeah no one else it's like the no mascara trend it was yeah like, yeah i tried really it for really a while you were like no, i, I did, this trend. i liked it for a while I did, but um, I again, like, I'm never not, doing, it's... I'm never doing this trend. I was like, no, yeah, not I was for probably me. looking at her going, I'm never doing that yeah, trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can kind of get, you can kind of work things your own way, but yeah, it's tricky, yeah. isn't it? It's a tough um, one. So did you have a moment of when you first hired, sort of feeling you'd arrived? Was there a moment where you're like, I'm a makeup artist and I'm on my shoe and, you know, no. No, no definitely not. I remember doing my first shoe and it wasn't, it was one where I contacted a photographer and a model who was probably just a, a girl that worked in the local supermarket and we yeah. met up to do a shoot and we were going to share it. And I remember thinking during it, I might cry. I feel so overwhelmed by it. And it wasn't even paid for. I just yeah. felt like oh, I'm really yeah. out of my depths. I don't know what to do. Actually, the shots were really, really nice. Yeah. But I, I still feel like that sometimes. And I like that feeling. I enjoy that feeling of doubt and and you know, actually then seeing the photos and thinking, yes, when you see it through, like, the whole thing come to 
all together. the production yeah, comes I together. Yeah, I really enjoy it. But I remember that first feeling on my first, wasn't even a job, but my first test shoot, thinking, oh, what have I done? And what about assisting then? Because that also must be, like, terrifying. If assisting you're, yeah. is easier because you're not, because you're not the sole person that's responsible Okay. Someone the buck stops with someone else yeah. essentially. I remember yeah. the first job I did where I wasn't assisting, mm. and it was um, it was when so Erin Erin O'Connor was the model, mm-hmm. and she was a new face then. So that's how long ago it was. Yeah, and I had no clue what I was doing, absolutely no idea. Do you think you really didn't have a clue, or do you think you just felt like that at the time? No. Well, what happened was it was, I was so overwhelmed because there was about. 15 models and it was one of those things that they had no budget so none of the makeup artists would do it mm-hmm. and they'd gone well you know we can send you an assistant yeah. so I'd gone and clear and they were like yeah you're doing hair and makeup and there were so many models that I just couldn't I couldn't do it mm-hmm. and it did knock my confidence but actually it was a great it was a great learning curve I think um, people seriously underestimate assisting I think it is one of the key parts of becoming a makeup artist it makes you understand when it's appropriate to listen appropriate to talk when you should be looking busy because quite often a lot of it's sitting around but you need to look busy and not be on your phones and doing stuff Mm. when to to you know the questions that other makeup artists might ask like what sort of lighting do you shoot in what sort of finish do you go for you know things that you would not know unless you'd been assisting and watching and listening and um I think that is so underestimated when people think they can just go straight into it. I I just think that um, you have to learn shoot etiquette, even though that's changed a bit. The other thing is that you learn how to talk to people, all Mm. sorts of people, because you are the last person to calm that model, actress, actor down before they see the photographer. If you're Mm. manic, they're not going to feel relaxed. If you know, so it's not about you. No, absolutely. Never about of course, you. it shouldn't yeah. be. Which was really hard for Sam and I when we moved on to doing makeup on ourselves because it was about us. I think that's very hard in the creative industries in general. I think that people see a lot of things that look like overnight successes or mm. look like they've happened yes. very quickly. And actually, the thing where you learn how to talk to people, the thing where you learn, yeah, when it's okay to say, "I'm just yeah. going to stop" or "I'm just going to do this," yeah. and how other people do that is invaluable. But yeah, it's really hard to push that. Can enough. I just yeah. step in and powder? Yeah, you know, people just would not do that they just yeah. keep it going and then that yeah. can ruin a whole shoot and yeah. you won't get what you want from it yeah but I think also you know as a makeup artist you go in and you gauge a situation very very quickly you have to you have to go in and you have to go what does this photographer need to me need from me are they mm-hmm. what's their temperament like you know how do I need to be around them mm-hmm. how's this artist going to respond to me do they want to be do they want to be touched do they want to be talked to do they want silence mm. and all of these things you gauge within the first five ten minutes of being there you have to yeah. or you won't be successful yeah and these are incredible skills to take through life yeah actually yeah. so we read a situation very very quickly and and actually it comes from our childhood yeah. because going say. into a room where our dad was mm-hmm. you've you very quickly figured out the what temperature the of the room yeah it's interesting that isn't it it's such a skill as well to read yeah. people in that way and understand yeah. what's going on yeah it is it is something that we've always done like Mm. we've both had different people say to us when we go into a restaurant or whatever we'll know what's going on around on other tables mm-hmm. and people might think it's it's your earrigging and whatnot but oh no there's two guys behind me they don't they look like they're having a row there's mm-hmm. people over there there's an exit over there and that is just from growing up 
mm-hmm. in domestic violence, mm-hmm. knowing I need to know the situation and how I get out of this. Yeah, do you, it's just it's just so interesting, and that's the same when you go into makeup. You and need to know the situation. Do you find that if the two of you go in together, that there's sort of a communication that happens between between the two of you that you know no one else can pick up on, as it were, like you're able to. We'll we will come out of a restaurant and we will know. We'll we'll both be like, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And we always know everything that's yeah. happened because we don't even and even walking down the street we don't even have to look at each other we just we'll just say something as we've walked past whatever's yeah, yeah. happening yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're both clocked it because yeah. we notice everything and other people with us are like i didn't even see it yeah and we're like well you yeah, really switched we, on to we, that we, we yeah. notice everything um let's go back to products so when you're around this age and you're starting out in your careers what's significant what's happening have you discovered anything and thought that is it that's the best product i've ever found i think going back to when i was about 14 so when all this started I used to get the face delivered I was obsessed with it yeah so um there were so many inspirations in there and I used to cut all of the adverts out and stick them on my walls I was obsessed with adverts I never was interested in anything in the magazine particularly okay but the ads you know John Richmond destroy Calvin Klein you know all of these that Mm -hmm. I had them all around my bedroom um and so I was massively obsessed with that. And I think a lot of those beauty ads as well, I started keeping scrapbooks off, which I still have. I'd mm-hmm. rip them out, cut them out, stick them in a scrapbook, yeah. which is so amazing to, to, to still have these these days. But um, makeup, there, there wasn't like one particular product, I don't think, but I can remember a few that were incredible. My aunt gave me this box that was prescriptive. Do you remember prescriptors? I, I wanted one of their foundations. It was so, so incredible. Much. So it was, much. They were too soon. Yeah. It was before its doing. time. Yeah. Prescriptors yeah. was such an amazing brand. Yeah. And uh, this was, I mean, it sounds like nothing now, but back in those days it was insane. Yeah. So it was this huge box and it had about 40 eyeshadows in it. Mm-hmm. And it came with a little palette of two. So you picked your two eyeshadows, but you had all the others in this box. So you yeah. could change them daily. Yeah. You know, a bit like those yeah. watches where you could change the face. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was amazing. This customizable <laughs> palette that you that was nobody was doing that back then. Yeah. It was fantastic. So I I loved that. So that really. Sort yeah, of I was up, yeah. I was obsessed with customizable stuff. Yeah. Like I don't know if you remember, but uh, this was a love hate Avon. Yeah. Coming round your house, mm-hmm. but they had these tiny little lipsticks. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed. Ginger freeze. This li- they're little tiny. They were great. Little, little gr- tiny. I didn't have those. They were teeny. I mean, not like little lipsticks you get now. These were tiny. I mean, it's disgusting because the whole point was that you tried them on. They were like testers, yeah. so everyone else had tried them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a kid, I didn't get that. Yes, yeah, so I was just them. like, it's mini. Yeah. And yeah. it's brown. So will I look like Kate Moss? Is it going to be new? Of course you'll look like that Kate Moss if you exactly put it on. Like <laughs> what yeah. about you, Nick? You, did you have anything around this time? That um... Was- I found colour because mm-hmm. Mac was then coming in when I started college. Mac was just, you know, people were starting to talk about Mac and whatnot, and they had so much colour. Yeah. So I found colour, which was really exciting. Where were you putting it on your face? Um, on my eyes. Green like liner. Green or? eyeshadow. Aquadisiac was my colour. Aquadisiac eyeshadow. Minted eyeliner, which is a green one, and then they had a mascara called Boston Fern, which was green as well. I literally looked That's so a funny. look. It was a look. Yeah. It was amazing. But I also found um, an eyeshadow called um, Crystal Avalanche. Disgusting. Which what was, colour was that? It was white. It's like a with blue, a blue undertone. Okay. And it was 
it was like if you think of highlighters now yeah it was far more reflective than any other highlighter and i would wear it on my brow bone do they still do it Probably. I think they did. I wore it on my brow bone. Yeah. So like a blue, white, frosted eyeliner that was, that didn't blend. It just sat there on my, and in all my college pictures of me at college doing makeup, I have this bloody highlighter When people talk about strobing and highlighter now, I still remember back in like 2000 when it was like you'd put loads on and then you'd put like crystals on top of it or something like that. It was, it was. And it was big then. I still got dates. So I must have not looked that bad. Fine. But I look back at pictures and I'm like, Oh my god! Everything else is matte, but then yeah. I have this shine only through the arch of my brows, and my yeah. brows were so highly arched at the oh time. God. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Moving forward then to Pixie Woos and when that started. So you're mm. you're working. How does it start? Who has the idea? You've got the yeah. idea. Um, so how it started was. Oh, I have to go back a bit. A friend of mine said podcasts are going to be the next big thing, right? Mm-hmm. So he was way ahead of him, his time. This is going back... 11 years. 11 years, yeah. right? Podcasts yeah. are going to be the next next big thing. And um, that didn't happen. Podcasts yeah. weren't the next big yeah. thing, but YouTube was. And I, I thought I didn't have any clue how to do podcasts. Yeah. So I did a video... For, for YouTube mm-hmm. but really a friend of mine asked her to do a smoky eye and I thought I'll film it because mm-hmm. I really hate emailing Yeah. so I filmed it and put it on YouTube and I didn't realise other people could watch it actually mm-hmm. and, and it just kind of snowballed from there and so when you did your next one were you surprised at how many views were you checking in like, well no it didn't get any views really okay. I mean it probably got about maybe a couple of hundred views which actually was a That's lot a for lot. a first video back then yeah. but it was a smaller community and a smaller audience so right. there was less people on there okay um, and then, you know, from off that, I was so heavily pregnant at the time that mm-hmm. it just gave me something to do to mm-hmm. fill my time, mm-hmm. really. So I just did another video and then another video. And, and then when did it get involved? A couple of weeks later. Yeah, a couple of weeks after she started, um, I had booked some time off. I was working in Mac on mm-hmm. Carnaby Street. I'd booked a couple of weeks off to just come back and help her with the little one because it was your second, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was, and I thought, oh, she's got two babies. I'm mm-hmm. going to go back and help I don't know why I felt like I could help. And while I was there, she was like, I'm doing this thing on YouTube. It's like, I don't know what YouTube is. Because mm-hmm. I was out living my life mm-hmm. in London. Um, do you want to do a video? I was like, sure. What so I did a that? video. That well, was... was t- Olivia's nine now. It's, it's so, our 10th okay. birthday, October. Okay. Uh, this year. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been... Incredible. Where are we now? 90... Oh, it was 2008. 
2008, yeah. Yeah, okay, so really the early days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really. Well, YouTube's only been going 11, 12 years, yeah, mm-hmm. something and like we've that. been on there 10. And when you started, and it's all informative, telling someone how to do a smoky eye and all this, mm. it, there are all these kind of ideas and rules that you put across, you know, like you should, don't do this and don't do that because you're helping your friends. And that's kind of how you talk to your friends, right? Like you go, yeah. oh, don't ever forget the eyeliner or stuff. Yeah. But now it's become something else where there's a slightly homogenized internet look. Um, how do you feel about that? Does that make you nervous as artists? Or Well, I don't subscribe to it at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick and I, I suppose, people are always like, how are you still going? Mm. Because people come and go on the internet so quickly. And generally, we just we just swim against the tide. So whatever everyone else is doing, we do the opposite. But I've, I've never been a massive fan of that overly made up uh, aesthetic. Um, um, really, one of the one of the makeup tips that I kind of live and die by is that you should always keep one um, feature of your face free from makeup. And that mm-hmm. way it never looks completely made up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a bit on my eyes, but I have nothing on my lips. A bit like taking off a piece of jewellery. Absolutely, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, like that. Before you go out. And then yeah. it always looks a tiny bit more modern. Yeah. It's interesting that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. But I don't, you know, it, equally, I think it's really important to be comfortable in your own skin. So if you want to put on a shitload of makeup, go yeah. ahead. It's absolutely yeah. fine. My version of that is don't do too much to your hair if you're wearing makeup. Like, I do nothing yeah, to my hair if yeah, I'm yeah. wearing makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I never do both. Yeah. Ever. Because it lo- it starts to look... Absolutely. Also, it takes too much time. And it looks like you're going <laughs> I haven't got enough time to do my yeah, hair yeah, as yeah. well, so I'll just yeah. tie it up or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, it has taken a very different route mm-hmm. um, on social media, uh, YouTube, the makeup, the style... But Sam and I have always done what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come and listen and watch, then mm-hmm. great. And if you if it's not for you, then fine. Yeah, I think it's it's just a, it's just two very different things. People always seem to think that makeup artistry and being an influencer is the same job, and it isn't the same job. Yeah. So you have a bunch of people on there that are makeup artists, mm-hmm. and being a makeup artist is all about the other the people. other person, yeah. right? But when you're an influencer, it's all about you. Yeah. So they're two completely different jobs. So you have people on social media like Lisa Eldridge, Charlotte Tilbury, Mm -hmm. us, whatever. And it it isn't necessarily all about us. It's about conveying advice to other people that are watching. But to some extent, the subject is still you and then you're still the one. So have you found that hard? Because suddenly you go out on the streets and presumably every, I don't know, however many people, someone will know you and someone will come up to you. So that's something that you don't necessarily set out to do as a makeup artist. Yes, correct. And how does that, has that made either of you, both of you, more um, self-critical or feel like, oh, I should probably have put makeup on or probably have dressed up today? I would say no, but yes, I think it has because when I meet people, it's always I've got no makeup on because I only really put makeup on if we're doing events or mm-hmm. I'm doing a video. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be like, I'm really, I always But say, if you were that I'm really sorry I've put, got no makeup on. You yeah, put makeup on every day. Exactly. And so yeah. you're clearly not I just that don't, bad. but I, I always feel like they're expecting me to look a certain way so I'm like I'm really sorry I've got no makeup on yeah. but then I'm like yeah I'll still do a photo I, I literally d- yeah. don't care and I, I feel like maybe I should but mm. I don't mm. you know are you like same similar? it's made me less bothered to be honest oh really yeah okay. I'm, I'm really not I, I sort of really value my free time mm-hmm. now and I don't want to spend that free time putting a ton of makeup on what I did find was a lot of people would say at the beginning of your videos you look lovely with no makeup on yeah. and that I never thought so the more they've said that, the more I'm yeah. like, do you know what? I don't need as much as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Actually, my skin is okay. Yeah. And I think it made me feel more comfortable. So it definitely hasn't made me feel 
less comfortable. If anything, it's made me... Maybe that's age, maybe that... I don't know, mm-hmm. but the whole thing combined has made me feel comfortable to go out with no makeup. I think on. also I care less about what people think. Right. So I don't actually care if someone says you look terrible without any makeup on, and I don't care if they say you look nice without any makeup on. It actually doesn't really affect me what people think anymore. Do you think that's because being on the internet has inured you? Because I was going to ask about like negativity, and obviously there's always going to be people saying, nah, 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 nah. you look it, crap or you look whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, How I do you deal it, with that? Yeah. I think it desensitizes you. Okay. To a degree, shame, you stop you stop feeling much mm. about that, mm. which is a good and a bad thing. It does make me quite brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so used to hearing brutally honest things from people, you almost become that. So some people find that very curt. I also think that if someone's if someone's going to say something horrible anyway, you know, you might as well put your real self out there. Totally, and then yeah. It, yeah. Well, even today, we've had, uh, we had some people that have been with us and they were like god you're exactly the same as you are yeah. on camera and people are so surprised because they meet so many mm-hmm. social talent that are not social when they're, they're outside, when they're the other side of the camera yeah. and it's very interesting yeah sam and i had a job before mm-hmm. we had to work we have you know yeah. we are you know who you are and also you came yeah. to it later in the day so it's exactly. not yeah um can we talk a little bit about later in the day both of you so you're 40 sam and you're yeah. 37 That's yeah right. so attitudes towards aging um how you feel about it are you keen on surgery not keen on surgery keen on injectables not keen oh, i more of... keen than i am I've, okay i've had a few I, i'm i'm keen if i've done the research mm-hmm. and i know it's not going to change my face too much okay but only for the better i i'm not necessarily keen i just think it's fine Mm -hmm. if you have researched it and it's going to make you feel better um i'm fine with aging as well you know Mm -hmm. my i recently had under eye fillers done i've just done a video on it and the reason is because my eyes are so dark underneath and it might be because i've got ms it might be for other reasons i don't know but it bothers me Mm -hmm. and i wanted to make it better so that i felt better not wearing makeup Mm -hmm. wasn't really for putting makeup on I just wanted the divot I suppose in my eyes to be gone and I didn't want them to be as dark but I've gone to someone who does it very very slowly and I have to do lots of other stuff to get it to the point that I want and I'm happy to do that Mm -hmm. as long as it's not pumping loads of stuff into my face that then alters me straight away Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah the idea of altering your face is the thing that's scary it's like if you can freeze it or slow it it's a different thing to changing exactly unless that's what you're after in the first place I'm happy with my face and I understand that people that have issues want to change themselves it's totally fine it's none of my business Mm -hmm. but I personally will have the odd thing that isn't noticeable to anyone else Mm -hmm. if it's noticeable to other people then it I I don't want it you won't do it Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say the reason I say that Nick's more into it than I am is because I just don't want to be in pain. So I, 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 I just wouldn't. There's a lot of things that I just wouldn't do because I'm always, I'm always like, did it hurt, Nick? Yeah. Did it hurt? <laughs> well, she I just, just would, said to me about I don't, fillers. I don't care enough to want to sit there and be in pain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, I would rather not. Mm. I'm not desperately that that bothered about it. Yeah. Well, you even said to me today. Oh, did you did you feel as hurt? I was like, not at all. Mm. She's like, oh, well, maybe I think about having it. Yeah, done. I, I would think about it, but only. I, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not that bothered. And are you both quite good on food and exercise and just going to bed on time? And no, stuff like don't that? be daft. Not with bed on time. I am really good. Okay. You're good at going to bed on time. That's the one thing oh, I'm not right. good at. Good. But the rest I'm good at. Okay. So I do exercise. I do eat really, really well. Mm-hmm. Although I did just have a Kit Kat and a packet of Pringles. But, and, but, and six shortbread biscuits. But No, 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 I didn't. <laughs> I shared them. But 
Um, that's only normally for energy when we're doing press or something. Yeah. Most of the time, almost 90% of the time, I eat really, really well. Yeah. Don't drink much and I train and almost you're really every healthy. day. Yeah, have you always been like that, or is it more because you're concerned more, about your health? More now? when I when I found out I had MS, right? And actually, I was training a lot before that, and then I got uh, found out I had MS. But then I realised diet is so key, mm-hmm. keeping healthy, keeping active, mm-hmm. a healthy mind. Those were really, really super important to me, and that's when I said, okay. And actually, exercising makes me happy. I really enjoy it. It releases. What such kind do you do? Um, I do interval training. Okay. So, and I love Intense. it. Yeah, but I was playing netball, but we went skiing recently and I tore my ACL, so I can't pivot. Pivot? Oh. Can't do that. I so. Pivot haunts me from my youth. Don't yeah. ever say I that. Love, love, I love Both mm. of you live really intense lives. Yes. Obviously, and you're both mums two kids each is that yeah. right okay so loads and loads and loads going on how do you deal with stress do you have a way of doing it do you meditate do you listen to an app what what's your mode of relaxation antidepressants okay real story true yeah. story yeah okay um i do see a counsellor um or therapist i do meditate do you see a counsellor therapist weekly or periodically mm, monthly okay yeah um Sometimes six six weeks, sometimes mm-hmm. four weeks, mm-hmm. depends how I feel. Um, and yeah, I, I just started meditating. I really like that. But it, it's been a long time for me to learn to do it because mm-hmm. of just the noise in my head. Yeah. Um, but, I'm, but I'm getting there. And antidepressants is a pretty new thing as well. Like, but I, I, I know, you know, people, people have very differing views on that but for me it's been incredible what to, did you have a point at which you thought i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to take yeah. something i'm going to have yep. to well, i need help i didn't know i had <coughs> depression right um a doctor told me that but i did think i was going to have a nervous breakdown i you... felt very very overwhelmed mm-hmm. and i could feel my brain this sounds weird and very dramatic but i felt i could feel my brain shutting down right. and i thought i'm gonna lose it i thought i was gonna find myself in a hospital yeah do you know what i mean yeah. not knowing what i'd done yeah um, and a friend of mine said, you need to go to the doctor, and mm-hmm. he made me a po- an appointment, and I went, actually my manager, and I went, and she said, yeah, you're depressed. Mm-hmm. You're depressed. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I don't want to go on tablets. She said, if you take these, I promise you, you will feel better within a year. So, you know. And has it I'm, worked? Yeah, massively. Okay. Within three days, I noticed a difference. Oh, really? It's huge. It just helped. It just helped all of these stacked things to become laid out so I could see the issues, pinpoint them and work on them. Deal it's with been them. amazing. And and combined with the counselling that I have, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been really You feel good. a lot better now. So much better. That's good. Yeah. Nick? I feel much happier that she's on them as well. Really? <laughs> it's because I work with her constantly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously I want whatever's best for my sister, but I also think I was very much on the firing end mm-hmm. of everything. But for me... I don't see anyone. I train, mm-hmm. working out. When mm-hmm. I couldn't train because of I got MS, I found that really, really, mm-hmm. really, I was very upset about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I got myself fit and healthy, started eating well again, and managed to train. And that's my time to that's relax. Your way. Yeah, that's yeah. my. It's it's my relaxation. It just makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try to meditate, but then my kids are like, "Mom, mom." Can you check my bum or something? Do you know what I mean? You yeah. don't have time to do anything like that. Yeah. So um, I just don't 
I try to switch off, but then I think, oh, there's washing. I should be doing the washing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So training is my way. It's like of, a practical way. I just love it. it. Yeah. it just, I feel better and I have more energy. Um, I'm aware that I've neglected products. So to finish, yes. <laughs> yes. you both have a list of the products that are significant. Yes. So could you run me through them and what they are? And I'm so sorry to anyone who no. wanted more makeup tips. Sorry, but no. sorry guys. Go on. Um, okay, right. I'm going to put in there Viva Glam lipstick, the original one. What colour was it? It's it's a reddish with a slight kind of... Was that kind RuPaul, of, the original? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's very, very, very slight brown undertone. Okay. And it's a wonderful colour. And it goes back to my love affair with MAC mm-hmm. um, and how special it was to have a MAC lipstick back in the day. But how incredible it was to do a lipstick where 100% of the profits of it went to AIDS, yeah. the AIDS fund and research. Because... I remember when AIDS became a big thing, all those TV adverts and everything, and people didn't talk about it, and it was, you know, it it was such a... Or understand it, or yeah, anything, it was like a taboo. It was a total taboo, and I just think that that was such an amazing thing to do at such a time. Do you still have one now? I always have one. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm a big supporter of Viva Glam, so yeah. I'll, I'll frequently buy it. Yeah. We did all the, all the you've done the events, events haven't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have put in Real Techniques brushes, okay. obviously, because it's been a life changer for us. Mm. Um, and none of the things that we do now would be possible without them. So I'm going to put in the setting brush because I think it's an unsung hero. Which one is The that? setting brush is... I'm going to pass one to you to oh. show you. Um, oh, that was speedy. It is a mega brush. All the makeup artists love this one. This is one of my all-time favourite brushes. It's I'm a I'm fantastic not brush. <laughs> yeah. Now, I could tell you a little story about this. Back when Go. I used to work at MAC, they used to do a brush yep. that was a similar size and shape, which I was obsessed with, mm-hmm. which they stopped doing. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe 228 or something. And um, that is... That's where I got the kind of inspiration for this particular mm-hmm. size of brush. It's a slightly different shape. But this brush is great because you can use it for... It's brilliant all round. You can use it on eyes, mm-hmm. cheeks... Mm-hmm powdering small areas of it the also nestles really well when you powder so like under eyes and around the nose where like big brushes can't yeah. get in it's really Absolutely. nice for foundation yeah. as well yeah it's I love my it new, my yeah. new favourite I've never used it for it. foundation it's really nice liquid yeah nice it gives a really nice finish okay it's a great all round I'm on it okay. so yeah I, I would have to put Real Techniques brushes in there just because we've spent the last what six seven years working with them seven years is it you say this so apologetically but i was like i just assumed you'd put the brushes in a because they're amazing and b also you have put so much work into them well yes i know but i'm always reluctant to do it because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem authentic when you do it you know what i mean people expect to hear that yeah and so i tend to try to avoid doing it if you know what i mean Yeah, yeah yeah so but but just because it's been such a big part of our life and they are so incredible and so affordable Mm -hmm. They're, they're in. great. They've made it. Absolutely, they've made it, and I would buy them. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. And then my final one, which I don't use anymore, but but I want to put it in because it was the first time that I re- realised that a makeup product could be like a trend item. Was like the Maybelline Great Lash. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Because it became it. Now things are so faddy. You know, it's like everyone rushes and it and it sells out. Yeah. But Maybelline Great Lash was the first time I realised that a product had that much pull and that much power. You had to get it from America at first, didn't you? Yeah. You, it you, was, you're it, not the first person yeah. to have mentioned that in our it, podcast. It, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. You couldn't get it anywhere. Yeah. And then when it came here, it was like Maybelline Great Lash. And then it was like, it's a different formula. You know, it yeah. was just that the one that was pink with the green? That's lid. correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had that yeah. as well. So I, I would put that in just because it was it was a game changer for me in terms of my, my relationship with makeup. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is the Dior 
uh, makeup jewellery. Do you remember Dior makeup jewellery? No. Yeah. I had, like, all, I had all like, of them. What were they? They were like little chains that were like key rings that you would open and they had like lip, lip glosses in or lip stuff like that. It was like when you could wear makeup. They were limited up my money for those. And you'd take them clubbing with you and you'd clip them onto your outfit. But people used to do those with rings and things. There was a big time for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Weird. I know. It's super weird. It seems super weird. But I just want to put it in because it was one of those things that you're just like, what? That's so unique. Do you remember Hard Candy? Yes, I do. Yeah, Came yeah. with a ring. Yeah, and there was also a palette Incredible. of that, that I still have now. It's like a tiny bit less. So amazing. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, let's... let's um, mine are... I've already said the Pan Stick by Max Factor. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac Face and Body. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Because it was the first thing I put in my kit. I needed all the colours. I used yeah. it for, on jobs and I still use it to this present day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have got the eyeshadows that I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Klein CK1. Oh, it's like it's a goodie. It's, yeah. it, I remember you bought it for me yeah. for my birthday, and you bought me this giant one of it, and mm-hmm. I sprayed it. I used it as like room freshness. Me, flipping hated to smell I, of that. Yeah, because I used it so much. Yeah. So, and I'm going to say at the moment, YSL mascara. I still can't find one that's better. The mm-hmm. volume um, effect mascara. It's the best one. Mm-hmm wish it didn't dry out so much and the um Shurimura eyebrow pencil oh I, I've never used that but it's left the UK now it yeah. has indeed yeah which is a shame I still have one though okay. my makeup bag I have a couple yeah. it was just the first time I realized and actually Sam told me about this when you were at college mm-hmm. it was the first time I realized how important brows were and they didn't have to be done with a waxy hard eyebrow yeah pencil. they could look like brows they could look beautiful yeah so yeah that. so that was Sam and Nick Chapman uh, their product choices have really, really taken me back. I've just had a sniff of CK1 and basically I feel like I'm a teenager again. Um, it's very funny how Scent does that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Do please remember to subscribe if you haven't already and please do rate and review the episode. I'll be back next week with a new guest to so see you then. Bye! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.